This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Fantasy Warfare 2019 is finally upon us, ladies and gentlemen, and that can only mean one thing. We've got the first round of matchups here from the tournament's A block. We've also got a lot of news, a lot of fun segments, so stick around and tune in for some more Headlock Talk. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And as always, across from me, my right-hand man, the man with the plan, the one and the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, Stephen. You, you know what? I always know that I did a decent enough intro whenever mm. like, I look across the table and you give like the mild golf clap. The golf clap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, okay, cool. I, th- I think I got the mojo on this one. It's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in a weird mood today, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been all off the walls here yes. at Headlock Talk headquarters. Uh, this is like the sixth time we started the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun times. Results are coming in for Fantasy Warfare. And yes. Things things are, are, there's just madness here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just pure madness. Um... <laughs> I, I guess, like I said, we've got Fantasy Warfare today, and we've got some huge matches here, so just a, a quick preview here of what we have coming up later on the episode, and you do definitely need to stick around for this. Uh, so Fantasy Warfare 2019 A-Block, 
matches. We have uh, John uh, Moxley taking on Johnny Gargano, AJ Styles taking on Tomohiro Ishii, Kenny Omega taking on Daniel Bryan in a rematch from last year's Fantasy Warfare, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course the champion Chris Jericho <laughs> taking on yes. Will Ospreay. Yes. Uh, so uh, very excited, very much looking forward to today's episode. But Stephen, how have you been this week? Doing all right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Doing, I'm doing okay. Doing all right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you you said it best. We're we're in a very weird mood today. Yeah, uh, very very much anticipating getting this uh, episode uh, on the road here and 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 doing this fancy warfare because we've been hyping this thing for weeks and yes. I'm really excited to see the start of this and you and I debating once again who is the best in the world of uh, in, in 2019. Yeah, uh, this one's gonna be interesting. I, I really I don't know with these matchups I don't really know what to expect from you. I'm being honest. Yeah, I know a few of them. I I do know a few of them, but I don't know. I, yeah, I mean it, it's going to be difficult because um, because I feel the same way. Uh, you know, I I really don't know in some of these matches which way you're going to go either. Um, but then again, we're going to reach out to the fans uh, in polls after this here uh, to determine if we got it right. So. Indeed. So we'll we'll figure it out. Um, nonetheless, let's kick off today's show with the big news of the week. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> We've got a lot of different news topics here to touch on, but I think the one that's been the most controversial and the one that's floated around the inner the interwebs, <laughs> the internet, um, or, or interwebs. I don't know, whatever. Either one, yeah. yeah. Uh, is the the Mauro Ronaldo and Corey Graves story here? Mm-hmm. Uh, very uh, very odd piece of business. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I I know what like started this. I know what happened. Um, but there's apparently a lot more backstory going into this than uh, I thought. Hmm. So, I mean, uh, in in a nutshell, for those who haven't heard, uh, basically what it came down to is Mauro Ronaldo was doing commentary at Takeover um, uh, War Games as he always is to do, and um, of course, if you follow Mauro Ronaldo in any capacity, or you even you just even if you just listen to him, <laughs> um, you know he he makes a lot of references to pop culture and mostly to hip hop, right? right. Um, he's a big fan of hip hop, uh, and, and he he drops a lot of like lyrical references in his commentary. Now, uh, Corey Graves, I don't know if he was answering somebody on Twitter or what his deal was, um, but in a nutshell, he was basically saying like that there was too many like rap references in Morrow's commentary and I think the quote is like you wouldn't know it but you also have a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary as well mm-hmm. you know uh you know basically like something along the lines of like you know let you know uh, you you wouldn't hear it or whatever uh, and of course Morrow I mean he's um Unfortunately, had similar situations in the past with like JBL, um, uh, where there's been maybe some uh, uh, I don't want to call it bullying per se, but you know uh, some some interactions that weren't favorable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey did go on to apologize, you know, uh, to an extent, of course, um, but Morrow still did not show up on NXT. 
um, on Wednesday, nor did he do any calling of the matches on Survivor Series. So, no, he did not have laryngitis, nor did he blow his voice out, as Michael Cole put it, right. uh, on, on Survivor Series. So, I don't know. Um, this is It's a very odd story. A lot uh, Reportedly, a lot of the feeling internally is that Corey Graves is the good guy in this situation. At least that's what you would he- read on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what do you make of all this, Stephen? I mean... I'm not too sure. I mean, I've seen some things online, and I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that Corey's just kind of like being an ass, you know, to yeah. a certain degree, and just kind of calling out things that he doesn't necessarily need to call out. Um, I, I really don't know where I stand on this because, you know, obviously I like Morrow. I mean, he he's great. Uh, Corey Graves, I don't like on his commentary. I, I think he's very bland and like. <laughs> I don't know. He like years ago he used to be like actually somewhat entertaining. Yeah. Um and I don't know if that's just changes in taste over time or if he's just diminished perhaps as as a as a commentator. I don't know, he's um, just he's so aggro to me. Like it, mm-hmm. instead of calling the match, he just like wants to fight with his other commentators like the whole time. And but but that's neither here nor there. Now I'm just now I'm just insulting him and and, and I don't I don't mean to but I'm just not a fan of his commentary anyways I mean with the whole JBL and Corey Graves coming after Morrow like that I mean maybe it's just like maybe it's just a personal preference thing you know like JBL and Corey they're you know I don't know I wouldn't necessarily call Corey old school but just a little bit more in that kind of style that time frame of commentary whereas Morrow's like a little bit newer well they they used to call commentary together on nxt right mm. like and morrow's done commentary for like bellator and for like boxing events and like he's he's a, a renowned like color commentator for multiple different sports particularly combat sports mm-hmm. um whereas Corey graves he's just he was a, he's a former pro wrestler who retired out of injury and you know they gave him a spot on commentary right for what it's worth, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it, it needs to be to be noted as well. Obviously, Mauro Ranallo has a history of mental health issues, and he's a big mental health advocate. And so, I, I do hope uh, that he, you know, is able to uh, recover in a speedy and timely manner. Um, because I, I would imagine that continuing to do work and continuing to do what he loves most you know, helps him mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just little, little jabs like that, like, you know, they're, they're, they're unnecessary. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, um, the, especially internally in the company, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, you don't make that stuff public. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, these are kind of, these are the kinds of things that you would expect from like some Twitter troll. You know, someone who just... Which, I mean, Graves is like... (laughs) Well, I mean, he's probably not too far off from that. But it's just like, this is something you expect from a Twitter troll that has nothing to do with the actual inside of the company. Whereas Corey, he can just go talk to him. Yeah. You know, if he has a problem with how he's commentating or or if he has, you a know, suggestion. a suggestion or or pointers on hey man, you can you can stop doing this and do this differently and and you know all that, he can just go talk to him. We right. we don't have right. that that ability. And so if he has that problem or or wants to give him pointers or anything, go do that, but keep it off of the internet. Well, and- especially in such a unsavory kind of 
poking way. Right. You know? Well, and to a lesser extent, like one of Morrow's best friends and, and somebody who went with him to into Chicago Survivor Series weekend, weekend is a uh, you know former UFC uh, champion, former MMA champion Frank Shamrock, and it's like you don't want to like look you if you're gonna upset Morrow, you're definitely gonna upset Frank, right? And I mean, do you want that over your head? <laughs> like yeah. that's like a, a, a you don't want that, right? You know, it's just some it's just dumb. So you know. Um, Unfortunately, you know, Morrow did not make it to NXT. Hopefully, he'll be on um, NXT on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. He he is reportedly feeling better, from all reports are concerned. That's good. Yeah, Corey, delete your Twitter. Yeah, just just go away for a while. Yeah. Um, in other news, AEW is being investigated in Maryland. Crazy. Yeah. Um, what all of this stems from here is uh, the Moxley and Omega lights out match. Um, apparently, and this is per the uh, Maryland State Athletic Commission, um, the commission regulations prohibit a wrestler or wrestlers from engaging in deliberately lacerating oneself or one's opponent, or by other means introducing human or animal blood into the ring. Goodness, right? Okay, you know, <laughs> you know. So I guess we're not going to be seeing people getting getting like hit with sheep anytime soon in Maryland. I would uh, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> that, I don't want that. That'd be, that'd be odd. <laughs> um, it'd be very strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I really don't know what this means for AEW. I don't know if that means they're going to uh, have to avoid going to Maryland for some time. Apparently that's a huge market for them. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's a, a very strange news. I mean, if this investigation comes out, not in AEW's favor. Like, what happens? Are they fined or are they banned? Or are they? Like... I would imagine that it's at least a fine. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I don't know if they would go so far as to being like, "You're never gonna be here ever again." Um. But I mean, you, you really don't know. I, I don't know what the state of Maryland's culture is like when yeah. it comes to the athletic commission. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this is just gonna be. Uh, you know, Maryland's athletic commission kind of flexing muscles. Uh, there's going to be an investigation. There will probably be a fine. And then I think that's, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, that'll probably be the end of it. I don't think there's going to be much happening here. However, I do want to say, um, that's just kind of some pretty bad oversight from, uh, AEW, you know, that you need to be aware of, of the rules and regulations in which the state that you're in is regulating under. Well, yeah. And I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, and go ahead, what, Tanner. It's whatever, man. Yeah. But look, I mean, after this last week in AEW, particularly with at least one segment, there were so many different oversights, and I'm not even sure, like, quite where this is all going, right? Mm-hmm. Because, look, um, so I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, you're you're a, a big AEW fan, right? Indeed. Right? Did you know Adam Page is no longer in the Elite? So I do. Yeah. But that's only because I am a, a very big AEW fan and, yeah. do, and do my research. So you you watch like being the Elite and that kind of thing every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I, I I know exactly where you're going with this. Right. So like they're making on commentary like these these like internet references and stuff like that of stuff that's like not even happening on screen. And 
you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm expected to, to know this because Excalibur told me, right? Right. And that's all well and good. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, I feel as though you need to be showing these things on TV. Like, if, like if, if Adam Page is leaving the Elite, that seems like it's a big deal. Maybe you want to put that on TNT, right? Maybe you want to create a storyline like that, right? So it just feels like the ball was dropped there. Um, you also have this whole thing about Cody, right? Um, where he's supposed to be feuding with MJF long term, supposedly. Supposedly, and I know MJF had his match with Adam Page this week. Mm. So Cody comes out. He has a match with a uh, with just like a local jobber guy, yeah, Max Nix or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Matt Nix or something like yeah. that. Something along those lines. Anyway. Uh, after the match, Cody gets attacked by the Butcher and the Blade. And the Bunny. And the Bunny. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm pretty savvy. <laughs> when it comes to wrestling, Steven's pretty savvy. Most of y'all listening to this show are pretty savvy. Show of hands here, if you've ever heard of the Butcher and the Blade. Okay, cool. Nobody? Cricket, cricket, cricket. Okay. So, <sighs> I had to go and do my own research here, right? Because it, it, it was a vague reference. Uh, and I, I went back and I watched the butchers and the butcher and the blade tag matches, and they're actually they're actually a pretty good tag team, right? I, I like I like what they do in the ring. Mm-hmm. This was just a very bad portrayal of how it goes. And if you go back and rewatch that segment, it's it's like DOA, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, the crowd was dead from the start there, and I don't blame them. Like, that well, they were super hot for Cody. Yeah, and then like the blade comes out of the the from underneath the ring. Right, and tears through the the ring mat, right, and he comes out and he like attacks Cody and then unmasks unmasks himself. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the crowd can recognize him, right. and then you hear like Excalibur screaming on commentary, "It's the blade! It's the blade!" And Jr. is like, "Who? Yeah, yeah, who is it? Well, it's I mean, the, it, it's the blade. It's just the it's just a it's the wrong way to introduce them, right? You it, know it." If you you can't do a Moxley intro for everyone, right? You know everyone knows who John Moxley is, so he literally just has to walk out, and it's like, oh my god, it's John Moxley, right? But you can't just, and I'm not saying these guys are nobodies because obviously, yeah, obviously they're you know super talented. They're super talented, big enough to get into AEW and go after one of their top guys. So obviously they're they're big guys, but like you said, you being savvy in wrestling, me being savvy, we didn't know who the hell they were. Yeah. And so you can't just have them pop out of the ring and expect a huge pop from the crowd right. and, and then have this this crazy feud just come up out of nowhere. You have to introduce these guys. Right. Like, like if we had weeks worth of vignettes talking about like, okay, these, this is who these guys are, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, lights out or, you know, then they, they appear or like they come up from under the mat, whatever. That's fine. You know, awesome. You accomplished what you accomplished because mm-hmm. now the crowd knows who these guys are. Right. Cause it, it's, it's not a good look. Uh, if you have if silence turn into who are you chance? In, mm-hmm. in Chicago, of all places. Chicago's a very wrestling-savvy city. Well, they're, they're going to tell you what they think, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're going to have this kind of introduction to uh, a, a faction, I guess. I mean, it is three people, so maybe. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to have this kind of introduction, you need to have put in place the pieces 
in order to introduce these guys in the correct way. You can't right. just have them come out and be like, it's them. And you're like, Ooh. oh, no. like <laughs> It's those guys. It's those guys that you've <laughs> never said anything about. And now Allie's with them for some fucking reason. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, uh, for me, yeah, for me, that's the biggest thing is that Allie is just like with them now. Yeah, she's and, the, like, the bunny. Yeah, she's the bunny with, with the yeah. blade and the butcher. And like... <sighs> Allie should be going up against Rio, not Britt Baker. You think so? I do. I I really do. But now you just have Allie doing, I guess, her own separate thing with Butcher and Blade. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if Blade's the leader. I don't know if if Allie, the the bunny, is the leader or, or like, what's going on here. But, like, now she's doing her own thing when she really should be in the title picture. That's fair. So I don't. I, I don't know. It, it's just all around freaking weird, you know. It's it is it is odd. It is it is very strange. So I, I guess what my main point is here is, if there would be one thing that I would like to see out of AEW, is just to not be so presumptuous about these things. Like yeah, yeah. you you, you got to do now is the time with all this Maryland investigation stuff to maybe do some house cleaning and reassessing and be like, okay, look, we've been around for about oh two months or so. We've had our first pay per view after being on TNT. What do we need to fix? Yeah, yeah. You know, so these are some oversights here. Pre- present things to us in a way. Don't just put them online just for, you know, putting just to put them online because you have to get it out now. Mm-hmm. Show it to us. The, the big angles like the Adam Page thing. Introduce us to new characters, and um, yeah, just uh, do your research on the <laughs> the athletic commission laws or yeah. the state that you're performing <laughs> yeah. in. You know, no, um, I mean I completely agree. You know, just just some thoughts. Again, they're, they're a new company. They're growing. They're learning. But yeah, you know, just some some modest criticism here. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still enjoy them. I'm still a big fan. Just yeah. uh, you know, we obviously hope for their success. Yeah, figure it out. Be alright. <laughs> um, in in some headlock talk related news. Oh uh, snap, St- Stephen! Uh, a few weeks back on if wishes were fishes. Yes. You uh, noted that you wanted a new fiend title. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this actually happened in exactly the way that we talked about it happening. Yeah, yeah. It was on the Fun House. Mm-hmm. You, you saw Bray, and then you saw The Fiend, and The Fiend was holding a new belt. Uh, uh, the title itself, um, what do you make of the title, Stephen? Man, it is not good. Oh. <laughs> it, it's super ugly. Oh, like, goodness. Like, super ugly. It's really yeah. not good. Well, um, they're actually selling the title for $6,500 online. Uh, you can buy a replica version of the belt with uh, the fiend's face on it. It's crazy. Um, it's uh, that's a lot of money, dude. They're selling the hem belt for three hundred and thirty, dude. That's actually a pretty decent deal because that's a good looking belt. It is a very nice belt, but I guarantee you, uh, all of the materials going into the hem belt cost more than the materials going into the fiend belt. The fiend belt looks plastic, like a hundred percent plastic. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's gonna go out and buy the the fiend belt per se. I I know I would not, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing: if I had the money, like if I was just rich and didn't yeah. had more money than I knew what to do with, yeah, I'd probably buy it just because I like the fiend, you know. But like, I don't know. It's kind of scummy to me. Like that that belt can't cost more than eighty dollars to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like and that's that's even pushing it in, in like the expensive territory. It, it's probably even cheaper than that. And so you you selling it for sixty five hundred dollars is just kind of a kick to the groin. You know what you can buy that is significantly less expensive though? Two bottles of 
A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, there you go, Steven. <laughs> uh, yes, you can buy two bottles of a little bit of the bubbly for just under $50 uh, on... Uh, is it what a little bit of the bubbly dot com dot com yeah yeah okay cool word <laughs> um, yeah so you can go there buy your bottles of uh, Chris Jericho's uh, champagne that he traveled to Nepal for to find the finest grapes yeah um, okay so this is obviously just a rebrand of a of like a brand of champagne I wonder what brand but, it is but is it Stephen it is a hundred percent yeah are you I, sure I, he didn't go to Nepal I don't think so oh. no I mean I'm sure he's been to Nepal but okay. I don't think he went there for this champagne yeah fair <laughs> enough i mean they've actually sold over ten thousand bottles of 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 bubbly like hey good for them yeah I, I was joking with you that we should get one for the studio here well we should i mean if we if we actually place an order uh i guess we would have two bottles yeah so well, we I, could drink one and yeah then, and then leave one yeah of course uh yeah i think that'd be cool but yeah no it's a, that seems like a much better deal for uh, to me and uh yeah you know i mean uh, two bottles of wine what was it yeah, two bottles. Forty six dollars. Yeah, two bottles of champagne for less than fifty bucks. That's not bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, like I said, as far as a collector's item goes, it's pretty good. Yes. This is one of the good the things that AEW is doing well is, is they're taking advantage of the things that work. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they're so. selling MJF scarf. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely cool. They got good merch. They do. This is true. They do have very good merch. Um, and, and some rapid fire news here to kind of close out the segment. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's my rapid fire. Finger guns. Yeah. Um, uh, Seamus made his return on SmackDown. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, you like that? I do. Uh, I like Seamus a lot. Yeah, I think he's. I, th- I think it's a good, uh, good time to come back. He's got his old hair on mm-hmm. now uh, again. Yeah, and, and notice uh, he's not. They didn't bring him back with Cesaro. In any way, yeah, they, they just brought him back. Like, hey, here's Sheamus. So yeah. that that makes me assume that he's gonna go on some kind of singles run coming up here. Yeah, Cesaro's been hanging out with Nakamura, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who knows what's gonna happen there? Maybe maybe Sheamus cross paths with them, or maybe he joins up with Nakamura and, yeah. and Zayn and everybody. Who knows what'll happen? Here. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Sheamus, though. Um, mm-hmm. He was like the last big wrestler that I was really into before I stopped watching in 2010, uh, 11. Uh, right around that time frame, so I'm really happy to see Seamus back. And with his old hair, I- I'm so tired of the mohawk. It was way too much. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, good, it's good for him is, uh, that, that he's able to come back after such a long recovery period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hardys, their contracts are uh, burning down like the sands of time, you know, d- yes. dwindling into the hourglass of time and space. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, their contracts seemingly are coming to an end. Uh, if you're WWE, Steven, would you have them, uh, w- would you try and make them another offer? I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. I yeah. mean, Hardys have been with WWE for, you know, decades now, and, and they're definitely one of the biggest WWE staples, uh, for as far as tag teams go. And with, uh, I mean, with AEW in their tag division right now, uh, I, I don't think they can... I don't really think they can afford really to get rid of the Hardys or the Revival or or any of the other tag teams that are that are thinking of jumping ship. So mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see uh, Hardys in AEW. That I mean, that would be really cool. Um, I would love to see them in the Indies again. Uh, maybe even go to Japan. That'd be really cool. I mean, uh, Hardys are one of my favorite tag team, uh, even just like favorite wrestling personalities ever. Um, 
So, I mean, I, I want them to go wherever they're happiest, of course. Um, right. But the answer to your question, um, WWE needs to do whatever it takes uh, to get them to sign again. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and and look, if if I'm in that position, right? Like if I'm if if I'm in the WWE or if I'm you know Vince, right? right? Um, I mean, I know for sure I would maybe try and sign re resign Matt uh, and and possibly Jeff too, um, but. I would I would definitely try and get Matt to be like maybe either a trainer or a backstage consultant of some kind, a, a maybe a coach in NXT. I, I don't know. I mean, there's different. There's a lot of different options for Matt. I think because uh, he's a very creative guy, and I think he'd be very useful to have just around in general. Mm-hmm. I would re-sign Jeff as well with the condition that he goes to rehab. Yeah, and that he gets himself cleaned up. Yeah, I mean, just a like, fantastic competitor, but he definitely has some of the, the, the demons, the baggage with him. Right, yeah, demons baggage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely have him uh, signed in there conditionally. Uh, you know that he goes to rehab for an extended amount of time, gets whatever he needs to do because uh, you know the things, um, people have been in, uh, less serious situations and not come out you know the other side right um so you know i hope that jeff gets you know gets better um and then lastly here uh this whole jordan grace and the sandman kind of business here apparently uh there was a match i'm not quite sure where but uh basically assuming impact right um I, i i don't know um let me see here wherever this was this was posted last night and basically, Jordan Grace uh, uh, basically says that uh, the Sandman confronted, uh, uh, basically, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, Tessa Blanchard, and Taya Valkyrie, and told them that women main eventing uh, is wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be... That's just weird. Yeah. Um, and basically, this was picked up very, very quickly. Chris Jericho uh, on Twitter, uh, at I am Jericho, of course, says, I, I don't agree. Uh, Will Ospreay um, uh, basically says, Really? Most women wrestlers are pulling off more innovating and exciting stuff than ever before. Um, uh, can't tell you the amount of times I go to watch a stardom match and want to retire because their matches are insane. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh. He says, "Let's uh, not interfere with progress. Everyone, keep killing it." So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I completely agree. Yeah, he's 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 not wrong. Um, you know, so yeah, no, this is a a very strange situation. What the Sandman was doing in and around this event, who knows? Um, I guess it would be an impact related event, uh, perhaps. But yeah, no, just very very strange. Yeah, no, I'm just very surprised that he would. I mean, even if he I don't know Sandman personally, obviously. So like, I, oh, I you can't, don't? No, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, I can't tell you what's going on in his head, but, but if he truly believes that, um, mm. bro, like keep that to yourself. Yeah. Like that, that's not something you should go around telling people yeah. and, and shout out to Jordan Grace for, you know, calling that out, calling them, you know, cause <laughs> what the hell man? Yeah. There, there's no room for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just keep it to yourself. If you have a real problem, go talk to somebody else. Right, right. Um, you know, 
it's whatever, man. Um, uh, you know, I, I hope that, uh, I, I hope that he's no longer backstage at, at those shows. Cause that's just, that's just unwelcoming and unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I assume he wouldn't be, you know, what is quite welcoming though, Steven, what is that? Uh, this next segment here that we have called, what are the odds? Boy, I, 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 I. <laughs> what are the odds of course is our uh game here where we take a topic and uh we determine how likely this event is to happen okay so what we have here for what are the odds this week seth rollins he came out on raw and blamed everybody but himself for sucking so bad at survivor series Shocker. <laughs> he called out Charlotte. He called out Randy Orton. He called out even the authors of Pain, who didn't even have a match on the card. Sweet. Um, everybody from Raw left uh, the ringside area until Kevin Owens stepped up and uh, gave good old Seth the stunner. Now, a lot of people uh, are judging the segment that this is a heel turn of sorts for Seth Rollins, perhaps. Uh, so Stephen, first off, would you agree with that? And secondly, what are the odds that Seth Rollins is a better heel than a, than a face? Um, hmm. So two parter, two parter then. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, just first, I mean, do you do you would you agree that this is a heel turn per se? And and, and do you think that he? What are the odds that he would make a better heel than a face? Um. Uh, it's pretty high for for the heel versus face. Uh, I, I do think Seth Rollins is a better heel, um, just naturally. Just like... naturally, yeah. He he has, and this is nothing against Seth Rollins, obviously, but yeah. he just he has that face and he has that laugh that <laughs> that, that can really get under your skin. So uh, Seth Rollins is you know seventy to eighty percent better heel uh, than face for me personally. Oh wow, um, seventy and, to eighty. That's oh a yeah, large percentage. And uh, for your first question. Yeah. Yes, this was a heel turn, I think, uh, albeit not a very good one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I um, mean, way to, way to turn someone heel and then make them look weak, like, right after. Oh, I mean, f- for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, chances are, I would say probably at least 65% uh, that Seth Rollins would make a better heel than a face. We've seen what Seth Rollins is, is like as a heel, and he uh, tends to be a very dislikable person as a heel. He's great, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he does his job well in that regard, I would imagine. Um, the the thing is, is like, and it's not even really all of his fault, right? Just because WWE just can't seem to figure out how to make a babyface work, right? Right. Like, they, like whoever writes for the babyfaces is just like burn it down. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just awful. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 that's only one specific person, and that's Vince, really. Mm-hmm. That's who really writes for the babyfaces at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's it the one with the directives. Like, it's not the writer's fault. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help Seth Rollins that, you know, every single one of his promos is, oh, hey, I'm doing good, happy to be here, this town's awesome, I'm gonna go burn it down. And you're like, cool. Yeah, I've heard that about 40 times now, but uh, cool, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, yeah, Seth Rollins, um, I think the feud with him and Kevin Owens will be interesting. Yes, uh, to say the least. I think it's something necessary because I don't want to see Seth and Brock again. I mean, I don't want to see Brock with anybody again, <laughs> but no, that's, that's true. It's kind of interesting that they're going with, uh, with, um, Seth going heel and, and with Kevin as the face here. Cause he's got a lot of goodwill, um, 
uh, after war games being the being the fourth participant in war games Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a lot of goodwill from that so I don't know. I mean, it, it's cool that they're going with that. It, it gives Kevin a nice push. Um, I would have preferred him to go full-time uh, back to NXT. I think would have been cool. Maybe mm. that still is in the cards, and they're going to kind of milk him for all he's worth on the on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was made into uh, a very big player in the WWE after Survivor Series was Keith Lee. Uh, uh, reportedly, Vince McMahon is very pleased with Keith Lee backstage, which makes sense. Keith Lee is a is a very large man. Uh, if he is, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of beef. That's a lot of beef. <laughs> uh, and if there's is anybody who Vince McMahon <laughs> could work with on NXT, it's definitely Keith Lee. It seems like that's a can't miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Stephen, that's what this game is for. So, what are the odds? That Keith Lee makes it big in WWE. I mean, after after this uh, showing he had at Survivor Series, the huge pops he got from the crowd, everything we're hearing about, you know, Vince McMahon being uh, quote unquote very pleased very with, pleased. with uh, Keith Lee. I mean, uh, I think the writing's on the walls. I think Keith Lee's gonna definitely uh, go go somewhere very big. Whether that means he uh, stays in NXT and kind of conquers what's going on there, uh, maybe eventually works his way up into the NXT Championship, possibly, mm. or if they're just gonna straight, you know, pull pull the plug right now, move him up to main roster and give him a big push there. Not really sure, but mm. uh, he definitely will be going uh, going places, doing big things. So interesting. Yeah, I mean. Ninety percent. I mean, yeah. I mean, wow. if if the question is is Keith Lee going to do big things? Yes. Like, oh, yes. Mm. Like ninety to a hundred percent. What those big things are, I'm not sure. But they're big. They're they're big, <laughs> just like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say that's, that's definitely reasonable. I, I would say, yeah, this seems like a can't miss in any direction, whether or not it's Vince who's actually booking it himself. Uh, which I mean, he just loves the big guys. He does, right? He does. It's a lot uh, of beef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it's Triple H who actually hired him and knows all about Keith Lee and mm-hmm. you know knows his potential. I think he's in very very good hands here. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys on the main roster who he quote unquote main roster <laughs> who he could work with. Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. Yeah, they teased that a lot. That'd be a sick match. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, hmm, interesting. But yeah, I, w- I would say like this is like a. I would say about. I would agree with you about ninety percent. Ninety percent odds on this here. We've got one more here for what are the odds, and then we're moving on oh, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the spring noise, Steve. Yeah. Um, and then we're moving on to the Fantasy Warfare twenty nineteen A block. You you ready? Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> you ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. okay, good. I'm hyped too. Um, but one last thing I want to touch on here. Okay. Finn Balor defeated Tommaso Ciampa on NXT's main event this week. Uh-huh. Uh, and afterwards, Adam Cole, who assisted in in uh, making sure that Finn Balor got the win, uh, Finn attacked Adam Cole afterwards and shows that he's on nobody's side. So, Stephen... What are the odds here that we actually get Finn Balor versus Adam Cole in Portland in February instead of Tommaso Ciampa? I mean, it could be a triple threat. Could be. It could. I don't know. Hmm. 
I mean, that's uh, definitely a good a good option, you know, because Adam Cole's been on top of the freaking world all year, you know, and then Finn Balor's Finn Balor, you yeah. know. So it, it's definitely a good idea. Um, me being a huge Tommaso Ciampa fan, I I, I would hate for him to be um, out outshined uh by finn balor and, and kind of just pushed aside uh and, and taken out of the title match mm. so i mean i would personally love to see it as a triple threat i, I think mm. would be cool i know nxt does triple threats well um i don't know man I, I don't know i there there will be a finn balor versus adam cole match very soon uh but i'm not sure what that necessarily entails yeah I, and you know i think that and, I th- and I'm sure that we've talked about this on the show before, but I, I feel confident in that they believe that Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole would be the WrestleMania weekend main event, right? Right. Whether it's uh, their their first title match or you know a rematch of some sort, it's whatever. Um, I mean, I don't really see any of this else, you know, being more than a tease to lead up to that. Mm-hmm. Now. Portland's a long ways away, and a lot of things can happen between now and then, even. Um, but I feel as though you could perhaps um, not distract Tommaso Ciampa per se, but maybe give him something else in the meantime, just as a, like a like a block a blockade in the path of him getting to to Adam Cole, and him have to reckon with that um, at uh, Takeover Portland, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, you could have Finn kind of be like almost like a slightly heelish version of Sting back in WCW, right? Where he would just take out the NWO piece by piece and mm-hmm. pick them off and then, you know, ultimately try and challenge for Adam Cole. You know, who knows? I, I think that could that, that could definitely be reasonable. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could also have uh, maybe like a number one contender match with Finn and Ciampa. Perhaps so. You know. That might be the easy way out, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would have to be somewhere in the path there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, I mean, do you what, what do you think the odds are that we see that happening? The 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 Balor and Cole, ver- but before we see Champa and Cole, before we see Champa Cole, yeah. Um, that honestly, or, that that's probably going to happen. Okay. I, I think I think we're going to get that big match first, and then have the Cole Champa be built, uh, like you said, towards WrestleMania weekend. Um, you know, Finn Balor just came into NXT, and putting him in a storyline or whatever with the top guy Adam Cole, that's a good idea. You know, that that's mm. just a good idea. So if if they can have that kind of thing, and like you said, give Champa some kind of blockade. Uh, or or some distraction while they're doing that thing, uh, I think that I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, you got you got a percentage on that. Uh, sixty, Six, seventy, sixty, okay. yeah. seventy. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I would I would say about yeah, like seventy five. Yeah, seventy five percent would would sound about reasonable that we get that match first. Yeah. Um, but with that said, since we're on the subject of matches here, let's break it out here, Stephen. Fantasy Warfare twenty nineteen A block. Yes. Oh, yes. It is here. It's it's finally upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Fantasy Warfare is our annual tournament uh, to decide basically who we see as the the year's MVP because mm-hmm. because we have uh, all sorts of different folks here that are uh, that are on this bracket in this tournament. Here we had uh, a whole bunch of preliminary matches that you, the people, uh, our listeners, have voted on. 
and uh, now we, we've got our, our 16. So the, the matchups that we'll be looking at here again are Johnny Gargano versus John Moxley, AJ Styles versus Tomohiro Ishii, Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, and uh, Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. What we're looking for here, folks, is we're looking for, uh, I guess, uh, high quality of matches, um, you know, work rate, in-ring talent, titles. We're looking at just overall performances throughout the year. That, that that's that's really what we we boil down here into these arguments. Yep, yep. Um, with that said, um, I know that uh, a few of you have let us know that we've missed a few names. Um, so just some quick honorable mentions here. Uh, again, I think I noted this here last week, but Tommaso Ciampa, he did not make the list, unfortunately, this year, but basically only out of his neck injury being being something that take took him out of action here. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would definitely be on the list. Um, we also have uh, Jay White uh, from New Japan. Uh, Pac uh, w- was noted here. Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Tanahashi from New Japan, Naito from New Japan, Roderick Strong from NXT, and uh, Ray Phoenix from AEW. Mm-hmm. So these are just some of the names here that uh, uh, our, our honorable mentions. You know, they did not make the list here. I don't, I don't know if it's because of oversight or, or what the deal is here on our part, but I feel as though we've still picked a strong list based off of titles, work rate. These are the 16 that we felt had the most influence this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean... At the end of the day, it's hard to boil down uh, the the top Oops. wrestlers uh, of the entire year into just 16 people. It's very, very hard to do. So, of course, there's going to be some people that we that we leave out, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. If, if you want them in next year, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> please do. So, without further ado, Stephen, Johnny Gargano versus John Moxley. The opening match... <sighs> In the opening contest here, this one's a tough one. This is this, so hard. This yeah. is this is very difficult because um, Johnny, uh, he's had a, 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 an enormous year. Yeah. Uh, former NXT champion, uh, he's had amazing matches with Adam Cole this year. Uh, he had um, he was part of that uh, was it the Super Bowl halftime show, the halftime heat show that mm-hmm. they did, where it was like him and Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa versus. Was it Ricochet, Alistair Black, and Velveteen Dream? Yes, that match was insane. Um, he, you know, he had an awesome match with Ricochet um, at NXT Takeover Phoenix, so he won the North American title mm-hmm. uh, in NXT. Um, yeah, just overall awesome, awesome, awesome. He's also in the Royal Rumble. Also in the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. uh, so that's a big moment for him. Uh, he looked destined to have this feud with Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. I still think that's going to happen, perhaps over NXT, maybe in WrestleMania weekend. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, no, Johnny has had a, a big year. Yeah. But so has John Moxley. Yes, yes. So John Moxley is, uh, man. So he's one of my favorite wrestlers just uh, of the entire year, I would say. He had some insane matches in the G1 uh out in uh, new japan for the g1 tournament yeah that was really really solid he's been killing it in AEW. he uh just had the the match with uh omega at full gear the lights mm-hmm. out uh, unsanctioned match which is one of my favorite matches that i've seen all year mm-hmm. uh honestly so it, it's really nice to have john moxley in here in this tournament but putting him up against johnny gargano that it's very hard to pick just because you know moxley 
I don't want to play favorites here. You know, I, I want to take into account all of the accomplishments and the work rate for both of these guys. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I don't want to be biased, but I love both of them. But I love <laughs> Moxley just a little bit more. A little bit more. Just a little bit more. Well, and, and here's how I see it playing out, really, and truthfully, in real life, right? Johnny would take him to the limit no matter what. Yes. Right? Um, the hope spots in this match would be brilliant. Uh, but, uh, you know, Moxley being the, the far bigger man here, uh, I mean, he would he would be the monster. It, it, would, it wouldn't be too dissimilar from how we saw the Moxley and Darby Allen match. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps a little less um, hardcore focus and a little bit more, you know, uh, technical focus. But, yeah, Johnny would definitely give it his all here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the much larger man, though, here is John Moxley. Yes, and he he took Kenny Omega <laughs> way past his limit, and 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 took that match. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Yeah, and, and I think there's something to be said about that with John Moxley too, where wherever he's going, he's taking on the biggest guy, and not necessarily like the biggest in terms of like mass, yeah. but like the biggest guy in terms of what the, what that person has accomplished you know with uh with juice robinson in new japan he mm-hmm. he had two fantastic matches with juice robinson mm-hmm. ended up getting the uh, new japan uh, north american title i believe yeah, the, the united states title mm-hmm. yeah he, he won that in his first match yep for new japan yep on his debut night and then he goes and he's he says well i, I want to be in the the g1 and it's like, whoa, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, and he he had a he was uh, what was it? He was undefeated in G one up until he faced off with uh, Toriano. Toriano. <laughs> yeah. Oh. In a very very interesting match, but but that aside, still had a fantastic run in G one. You yeah. know, and then goes back to North America and has some really really good matches with uh, Darby Allen. To a lesser degree, Joey Janela was still a good match, but not on the same caliber as his Omega match or his Darby Allen match, I think. Um, but then, again, has that match with Omega, and total, total five-star match. And so he's having all these great matches all across the world and and going after their top guys and winning. And then you have Johnny Gargano. He's he's only in NXT. He's, he's not going very much you know, anywhere else, really, but he's still being very, very very successful where he's at well and and that's the thing too that i was going to bring up in in johnny's favor here he's won uh he won the nxt title the more prestigious title yes you know uh uh, of the bunch between the two uh he won that this year he also won their north american championship this year uh and in all the matches that he's had he's had some great matches right he just has had fewer matches this year it, it, almost it seems mm-hmm. uh than uh, moxley did and i think that comes to part with maybe part of the injury that he's had um you know with his neck or you know his uh, i think he had a, a leg injury earlier in the year as well mm-hmm. um i i guess it might be maybe a, a lack of matches that he's had um that would you know, piece this together here, but um, I don't know, Stephen. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, if you had to, if you had to pick one, well, where, yeah. where are we so going? so obviously it's really hard. Um, they they both had fantastic years. Uh, they both have had injuries too. Um, true, but both of them have really high work rate, really high quality matches whenever they do. Um, man, I. I don't even know, man. I, I really don't know. I have I have a winner written down right here 
but I I can't bring myself to to. You should just say who's on the. You know what, what does it say, Stephen? Okay, they're both great. My winner is John Moxley. Okay, okay, and 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 I think that's fair, right? Because um, in all honesty, we've seen a lot more of Moxley this year, uh, and as much as I love Johnny. Uh, I, I, I think I tend to agree with you. I think Moxley would win this match here in real life. Yes. Um, I think that um, Moxley would uh, definitely, you know, get all of Johnny Gargano. Gar- Gargano would give him everything that he has. Um, and like I said earlier, the hope spots would be brilliant. But I reasonably, I can only see one person winning this match, and it would be John Moxley. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it comes down for me too. Is like both of these guys are just so even in terms of their ability and their work rate that I it just has to come down to if this match were to happen, who would win? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, and and I think that's fair. So I guess it's official. John Moxley advances here to the Fantasy Warfare quarterfinals. Uh, so congratulations, John Moxley, and uh, congratulations, sir. Congratulations to uh, to to Gargano for making it this far, and thank you for. Uh, all of the the hard work that you put into this year, because you know you uh, had one of my favorite matches this year, a few of my favorite matches this year, and uh, yeah, and we'll we'll see you again next year. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, AJ Styles versus Tomohiro Ishii is the next matchup here. Indeed, um, Ishii, uh, he he's had a great year, mm-hmm. uh, a great G one. Um, he's very, very consistent in terms of uh, his his in ring style. He had a spectacular match with John Moxley in yes. the G one, um, and I think that's what really got people going. Uh, he also had a, a really great match with Shingo Takagi, um, Jeff Cobb, uh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, he, honestly, that's one of my favorite matches from the entire G one is uh, Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Fantastic match! Oh yeah, really good big man match, mm-hmm. and he he really was kind of like the the, the pit boss of uh, uh, the the B block in G one mm-hmm. this year for New Japan's uh, uh, G one climax uh, tournament. So yeah, I mean uh, Ishii, fantastic wrestler. Um, he's taking on AJ Styles, however, the phenomenal one, mm. uh, somebody who's also worked in New Japan himself. Uh, I I find this to be an intriguing matchup here, a, a, a very much a contrast in styles, but two people who are very highly intelligent. In Maybe a styles clash, one would say. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, AJ Styles. I mean, he's had several title matches this year. He's held. He had um, seven defenses of the. A U.S. title mm-hmm. uh, up until he lost to Rey Mysterio this last week. He had a great feud with Daniel Bryan this year. He had a, a pretty solid feud with Randy Orton going into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome match against uh, Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, uh, AJ, again, had a, had a year that was uh, uh, far better than most. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, um, th- this one's just really, really hard for me just because AJ Styles, he's one of those wrestlers that for me has just kind of proven himself, you know, like no matter who he's with or or who he's up against or anything like that, he's just going to put on a consistently great match, you know? 
Um, whereas Ishii, I wasn't that familiar with him up until the G1 and, and everything that he did there. Like you mentioned, the match with John Moxley, the match with Jeff Cobb, uh, just really, really solid stuff. And I've actually grown into a very, very big fan of uh, the Stone Pitbull uh, Ishii. So this one's really hard for me just because it, it's kind of the the tried and true who I know is amazing. Whereas Ishii is is the newcomer that not the newcomer, but for me. Uh, the the newcomer who's who's proving himself that that he can do all of this, so it, this one's very very hard for me. But um, if I do have to pick one in terms of who just impressed me more this year, it is going to have to be Ishii. Wow, yes. I did not see that coming. Yes, interesting. Okay, well, um, wow, yeah, I'm I'm very <laughs> surprised. Um, yeah, I mean. I would say that AJ's resume resume is very very hard to overcome though. Yes. Um and I think that on any given day either of these guys could easily beat the other in a match. Um like like you know it could go either way. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, no that that's it's really tough. That's really tough, man. Um I would say that on more occasions than any, AJ Styles would probably win this match for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would just have to go with AJ Styles just based off of pedigree alone because uh, he's, he's he's a title winner. He's had many championship matches. He's a top guy in WWE. And I'm not saying that Ishii isn't, but Ishii's never really had that... Um, he always gets like these middle ground kind of titles, like you know the the never open weight championship, or you know um, I think the biggest title that he had was like uh, the British heavyweight championship from Rev Pro, mm-hmm. and then he defended that against Zack Saber Jr. at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Ishii have that one big you know title match and hopefully one big title run. I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just have to go with AJ personally, okay. um, which means that we have to break out the coin. Oh shit, the coin of doom. <laughs> um, this this the coin of doom decided a lot of late round matchups last year in fantasy warfare, um, which means that uh, uh, this year we have to decide the fate because Steven and I cannot agree on this one here. It's just a flip of a coin, ladies and gentlemen. Either of these guys, again, just like I said, could beat each other on any given day. Uh, we feel so in the, in the ring. Uh, so I guess with the flip of a coin here, Stephen, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, Ishii's heads. Okay. So heads for Ishii. Let's flip the coin. It's flipping. All right. It is tails. Oh, damn. Yes. Um, so AJ Styles will be advancing in Fantasy Warfare. Uh, commiserations, Ishii. Thank you for for you know all of the great work that you've done this year. And Stephen, yes. uh, you've you you know you heavily impressed Stephen for sure this year, and <laughs> as well as myself. Yes. Um, you know, uh, this would be uh, you know, uh, we hope that you get your title match soon. I, I really wanted to see him have a, a run at the title. Hey, and if he uh, if he does get that run at the title. I mean, 2020 Fantasy Warfare is just around the corner. Exactly. (laughs) It's always around the corner. Yes. Uh, So, um, with that being said here, Moxley and AJ Styles will be facing each other in the next round. That's a crazy matchup. That is a nice match, Um, yes. 
let me see here. That's Dean Ambrose. Is it- <laughs> Can you just imagine him like shouting from across the ring and pointing? It's it's Dean Ambrose. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> um. So up next here, uh, we've got uh, wow, uh, uh the a rematch <coughs> from last year. Was it the was it the semifinals last year? I think it was the semifinals. Wow. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It just goes to show both of these men have. Uh, enormous heart and determination and are amongst the, the world's best and consistency uh, consistently yes mm-hmm. yes um we have uh kenny omega taking on daniel bryan yes indeed. break it down a little bit for me steven yeah uh so obviously both of us here uh at headlock talk are very big fans of both of these guys uh kenny omega being the runner-up for last year's um Fantasy Warfare, so he he's obviously a favorite here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Daniel Bryan, like we said, made it to the semifinals last year, so obviously definitely a very big favorite as well. Um, with Daniel Bryan, he did have the WWE Championship this year, uh, which led to one of my favorite title runs in in recent memory in yes. WWE. The Hemp Belt, the Hemp Belt, the the Planet's Champion, and everything like that. Uh, fickle, fickle, everyone's fickle. Uh, that, that was one of my favorite WWE runs in, in recent memory uh, with that that title run uh, running in tandem with a feud with AJ Styles, which was really, really nice. Um, so Daniel Bryan definitely had a really nice year. He just had that match with, um, with The Fiend not too long ago, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it is what it is. It was a pretty good match um, for, for all intents and purposes, but uh, definitely a shadow of, of what he was doing um, towards the the beginning of the year for sure um and then we have kenny omega who is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time yeah you know not not trying to sugarcoat it or anything like that kenny omega is is great um and he's been having a lot of matches in AEW that are just consistently high high quality matches he's had matches with moxley matches with jericho uh, several matches with pack which uh his his match with Pac on what what pay per view was it that he had the all match out. with Pac all out? Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really high caliber match. And yeah. so was this one here on the the last week of uh, Dynamite here. Yeah, that was a very, very good match. Absolutely, absolutely. I think him and Pac work exceptionally well together. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he's also had really nice matches um, with some lower guys. Like he had a match with Kip Sabian that was really good. A match with Shima that was really good. Joey um, Janela. Joey Janela. He, so he he's had really really solid matches. Well, let's not forget about the the beginning of the year with with AJ Style, not AJ Styles, Kenny Omega rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, either um, you know he defended. He was the IWGP heavyweight champion in New mm-hmm. Japan at the beginning of the year. Uh, I always forget that that was right at the top of the year. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he defended the title against um, uh, Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi uh, won the title and then uh, dropped it soon after to, to Jay White. Um, so, yeah, that, that IWGP title has changed hands quite a bit this year, mm-hmm. actually, which is a bit odd. Um, but nonetheless, I mean,. Uh, Kenny Omega was the guy that everybody wanted. He was the guy going to free agency, and everybody wanted him. AEW, you know, who was just a fledgling clump, a fledgling company. Um, you got it. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, they wanted him. He's obviously got all of his friends are over there. Um, uh, WWE were, were willing to pay him 
so much money. Yeah, yeah. So much money uh, to, to come over there and, uh, you know, continue to prove that he's the world's best. Um, I mean, we still have, you know, the, the Omega Rollins dream match and the Omega AJ Styles dream matches, you know, that, that, that we can continue uh, to, to dream about. The, the, the Omega uh, Ciampa, the Omega Gargano matches, all of that. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll have to continue dreaming. Uh, unfortunately, but I mean, he's the guy that everybody wanted. And uh, I mean, I will say that Daniel Bryan's, I mean, his accomplishments this year are probably, probably outweigh what Kenny accomplished. Um, at least in an on-screen way, though Omega himself is an executive vice president, uh, for AEW. He basically helped, uh, basically build the women's division for AEW. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge accomplishment. And it looks like, I mean, he was in contention to be uh, the AEW World Champion until he lost to Chris Jericho. Right. Um, so, I mean, as the year rolls through, I mean, it was a very solid year for both men. I'm very conflicted by this match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's hard. This one's hard for me. I mean, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is with Kenny Omega, he's had consistently higher caliber matches. And I think that's the biggest thing. Just because AEW has a knack for just putting two guys together and letting them go, which is what we've, I you know, not to get too hard on WWE, but we've criticized WWE in the past for that and, and not letting two professionals go out there and just have a, a professional caliber match and wanting to put, you know, shenanigans or, or some kind of... Uh, you know, so, some some kind of something. Yeah, so, something in there, uh, and, and just not letting the match breathe for for what it is. Um, but Kenny, on the other hand, has been doing nothing but that all year. And, and whether he wins or loses the matches, like he he lost the match with Jericho, but he won the match with Pack. Um, I mean, lost the match with Moxley. If he's losing, he still looks fantastic. If he's right. winning, he obviously looks even better. Right. Well, and that's the thing too that we, you know, that uh, I think is very rare with Daniel Bryan. Though Daniel Bryan is one of those rare guys in WWE who everything that he does do in WWE looks professional. That's true. Looks like he he, he gave it everything that he had. He just, you know, they that they went out there and did their thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's that's one thing that sets Daniel Bryan apart from any other WWE represented people in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Just my opinion, though. No, I can definitely agree with that. Um, well, I, I've given my pick first for the for these last two matches. So, uh, Tanner, what are you thinking here? Um, I, I, I'm, I got to go with... Um, I mean, this is very difficult, but I, I got to continue to go with Kenny Omega. Uh, simply because, again, if this match played out in real life, um, I think that it would, it would be a hard-hitting affair. Lots of knees. <laughs> Lots of knees, yeah. Um... Lots of good technical moves, lots of great submissions. This is a dream match uh, for all intents and purposes here. I'd love to see this happen. Yeah. Um, I was uh, actually, this time last year, I was really hoping that Daniel Bryan would let his contract go and that he could go to New Japan to face Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that, that it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, uh, Kenny Omega would have more than enough in his gas tank to handle Daniel Bryan. Um, and to, 
hit the one winged angel for the win. Um, I could be wrong. I, you know, uh, King Omega has had before a problem with people who can put in submissions, as Pac has proven to us. Mm-hmm. And Dana Bryan, Daniel Bryan is a a submission master. Mm-hmm. Um, but Omega did avenge that loss. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I would go with Kenny Omega on this one. Yeah, yeah, I, just for, uh, for all intents and purposes here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you as well with uh, Kenny Omega. It's just lo- been looking. I mean, win or lose, he's been looking extremely solid all year, mm-hmm. uh, and every single one of his matches has been uh, great at the very least. You know, right? So, and and it's still in my opinion that he'll be the next. AEW World Champion. Oh, without a doubt. I, I, yeah. I think that's that's written in the stars. It's either him or Cody. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that Kenny Omega is going to be the guy uh, uh, to, to go over here in this match here. That's not to say that Daniel Bryan didn't have an amazing year. That's not to say that he's not one of the world's best because he certainly is. Uh, commiserations to Daniel Bryan, yes. and thank you for you know putting on such a great year of. of we just had such us. a crazy, crazy stacked fantasy warfare. It is. It, it, it's just so crazy stacked, and you know even even if these guys are losing, like you said, it doesn't mean they're not one of the best in the world. You know that mm-hmm. they they made it here because they are right. some of the best. So. Right. I mean, I think it just boils down to Kenny Omega's best matches were more frequent and almost more notable than Daniel Bryan's big matches this year. Yes. I think that's all it comes down to, really. Um, Final match for Fantasy Warfare in the A block. Chris Jericho, Le Champion. Le Champion. (laughs) Takes on the aerial assassin himself, Will Ospreay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, this is a, a crazy, crazy... Uh, matchup here. This would be an insane match to see for sure. Um, It'd be very nice. It, it's it's like you know you look at Will Osprey now and he he is where Kenny not Kenny Omega. I, I keep going back to the guy before. Um, <laughs> this is this is where Chris Jericho was. You know, twenty twenty five years ago, right? Right. Um, he was Will Osprey. He was you know in in Japan and in Mexico and you know traveling the world, having these spectacular matches as a junior heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that in almost any other contest, you know, Will Osprey would have a clear advantage here, right? Um, just look on paper here. He was uh, he, he's he was wrestling for the um, uh, what is it the IWGP uh, Junior Tag Team Championships. He's got a great partner here in Robbie Eagles uh, as the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, l- let's even throw it, throw it back all the way to the beginning of the year. Excellent opening match against Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrestle WrestleMania weekend. He had an awesome match against a kid. Uh, he had another awesome match at WrestleMania weekend against Bandito. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, uh, let me see here. He he had so many good matches. So many good matches in Best of the Super Juniors. Another rematch against Bandito. Matches against Rocky Romero. Uh, he he went to the finals against Shingo Takagi. Won Best of the Super Juniors. He beat Dragon Lee. Uh, the next night at Dominion uh, for uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight cha- uh, Championship. Had an amazing feud with uh, El Fantasmo all throughout the year. Uh, he has had... Uh, the, the accomplishments are numerous here. He yes. went to the G1, had 
perhaps match of the year against Okada. Yes. Had, a, had still great matches in the A block against everybody. Everybody. Uh, and did this all injured. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, like very injured. Like, very injured. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then he had his own dream match against Amazing Red at the Super J Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, look, the, the accomplishments of Will Ospreay are numerous here. And then uh, for Wrestle Kingdom in January, he'll be taking on um, uh, Takahashi, Hiromu Takahashi, defending his title. I mean, look, you, you, you can't make up a better uh, better year than that. Tanner's throwing his hands up right now. Like it's 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 ridiculous to be Will Osprey right now. Yes, yeah. No, I. But I mean, how does that stack up against the champion? I mean, it's Chris Jericho, right? It, he he's freaking Chris Jericho. That being said, though, if we're going based off of just pure match quality. There, there's zero contest here, right? Now. I love Chris Jericho, and I'm not trying to talk down on him. I'm not trying to say anything like that. But if we're putting up any Will Ospreay match from 2019 up against any Chris Jericho match from 2019, the Ospreay match is better. Like, it, and that, that's just my opinion. You know, don't don't crucify me for that. But yeah. uh, every single match that Ospreay is in turns to gold. Yeah, and, and Jericho is is he's really solid. Obviously, it's Chris Jericho. He he's having a really big push in AEW. He's Le Champion Le right champion. now. He's he's building this title he, scene. He he's a he's a champagne, you know, mogul. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Um, but I think I think with Chris Jericho, most of his accomplishments this year have been more so in the industry. And not so much in terms of just like high caliber wrestling necessarily. You know, he he's going to AEW. He he's the biggest guy in AEW. He's the champion right now. He's building this title scene up from nothing. Uh, building the this faction of the inner circle up against the elite, everything like that. And it just to me, it feels like a lot of his quote unquote accomplishments are uh, headline makers. Not not necessarily. Hey, did you see that amazing Chris Jericho match last night? Let me ask you a tough question. Yeah. What would you say to all the people who are like, you know, asking you, but Steven, Chris Jericho, he was the first AEW world champion. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to say to that? <laughs> did, did you did you hear Tanner list off everything that Will Ospreay is doing this year? I mean... <laughs> You know, fair uh, point. Th- that's that's <laughs> that is a very a, a, a biased fair point for me. <laughs> I mean that that is a very big deal. Him being the first ever AEW World Champion. That's a big deal. It, it really is. But I, I don't know, man. For me, the this matchup is so easy. He it, Chris Jericho in 2019 does not hold a candle to Will Ospreay in 2019. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with you. Um, and and in real life here, I mean, as much as the the plaudits for Chris Jericho are, and as much as he's one of the greatest of all time, and I don't one hundred percent, yes, I don't think there's a doubt about that. He's definitely one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, 2019 Will Osprey would be bouncing and flipping and moving all over the place, and like the, the with those those kicks that uh, that Osprey has. You know, it would knock Jericho's lights out, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I think the, the the fast pace that Osprey would put onto Chris Jericho would be enough to 
to, to, to close this one out. Mm-hmm. Stericos is a very smart man, very, very uh, classy in-ring general. Uh, but I think that just the pure, raw speed and ability and power of Osprey would be enough here uh, to, to beat Chris Jericho. Yeah, completely agree. So... I'm uh, sorry, Jericho. I'm <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah, c- commiserations to Chris Jericho. Thank you for being Le Champion. Thank you for being AEW's first world champion. Thank you for giving us an amazing year of wrestling. Thanks for giving us a uh, little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, Will Ospreay will be moving on here. And congratulations to Will Ospreay. Yes, indeed. So, um, the Block A quarterfinals, we have John Moxley... And AJ Styles, uh, they'll they'll be facing off with each other, and Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. What an amazing match! <laughs> ah. That's going to be very very difficult. Uh, good news is we'll have some time to rack this over here. Um, so make sure to tune in next week, y'all, where we go over the B block. Yes, indeed, B block. Uh, and who's the B block, Tanner? B block. We have some. Uh, very fine matches here. Uh, two WWE champions this year. Uh, the Universal Champion, The Fiend, takes on a former WWE Champion, Kofi Kingston. Uh, Kazushika Okada, current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, takes on G1 winner, Kota Ibushi. Oh, man. Amazing match. Yeah. Uh, a dream match of sorts here. Uh, Bandito, uh, you know, international explorer extraordinaire. Uh, takes on current NXT champion Adam Cole, Bebe. God. And last but not least, a war, a war of philosophies, a war of, of two men on two different paths of life. One is the current poster boy for the largest wrestling uh, company in the world. The other one, he's independent. Mr. Independent. He's the cream in your coffee. Your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. He's very good the, at Twitter. The, the Jewish canon. Yep. Um, the uh, Mr. American Rana. The 104th Minute Man. Uh, yes, he is very good at Twitter. And he's also independent. Yes. Seth Rollins will be taking on David Starr. Yeah. The, this B-block is nuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's nuts, really. So, so that'll be next week, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. So don't forget uh, to tune in and subscribe to Headlock Talk. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, be kind. And if you enjoyed today's episode, hit us up with a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, be that iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play, or else otherwise. Uh, that's the best way to support Headlock Talk. If you love the sound of Stephen and I's sensual voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you would like us to plug your products, be it reading an auto, uh, audiobook or be it, you know, uh, you know, uh, sleeping on one of your Casper mattresses or putting on a pair of those MeUndies. Mm. Hit us up and let us know at headlocktalk at gmail.com where you can hit us up for business inquiries. Yes. Very much so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, other than that, Stephen... You have a I... lot of fun with that one, don't you? Yeah, I do. I love it. Um... <laughs> Did I miss anything? What what's that, Steven? Wishes. Oh, yes. Yes. Bro. How, how could I forget? How could I, you? I made a promise at the beginning of the episode. God damn it. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> good thing that I've been wearing this scuba suit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> like the whole time. Yeah, the whole yeah. time. Um, you know, so let's put on our flippy floppies and our snorkels, ladies and gentlemen, and let's take a deep dive down into if wishes were fishes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or indeed your last time listening to Headlock Talk, uh, we'd like to play this fun game at the end of the shows called If Wishes Were Fishes, where Stephen and I take turns making wishes, and the other grades them in terms of fishes. Indeed. Yes, it's quite a silly game, uh, but it is very fun, and it's a, it's a good uh, creative construct here. And again, as noted earlier, uh, we're I don't know if you noticed, but we're on a bit of a roll as far as these wishes are concerned. Just saying. Just yep. throwing it out there. Stuff is happening here. We're speaking <coughs> it into existence. Yes. Um, so, Stephen, uh, it sounded like uh, off air you had a few wishes in mind. I do. I do indeed. Do you want to um, go first? Yeah, yeah. So, for my first one... Um, AEW is having this, uh, this semi, it's not even a tournament. They had a battle Royal, uh, for an AEW diamond, uh, dynamite diamond ring or, or whatever the hell they're calling it this week. Right. Um, cause I think they've changed the name a couple times anyways. So they had this battle Royal, uh, like two weeks ago on dynamite is a 12 man, right? Is it 12? Yes. Yeah. It's a 12 man, uh, battle Royal. And the, the last two entrants there or the last two guys surviving were, uh, hangman, Adam page and MJF. Um, so I have no doubt that their match is going to be great. Right. Um, my problem with this though, is that I hate battle Royals. I, I don't, I don't like them. Uh, the only one is that I do like is the Royal rumble. And that's just because of the fanfare of it, you know? Um, but, a 12-man battle royal with 12 men starting in the ring, I, I, I don't need that, right? Anyways, so if wishes were fishes, this next AEW dynamite diamond ring uh, whole debacle uh, will be a tournament actually next De- year. Debacle. Wow. Debacle, yeah. Okay. Tournament. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that. I think, uh, I think a tournament's a, a much better way to do it. We were really, really happy when another one of our wishes uh, earlier this year came true when they brought back King of the Ring. Um, so we were really happy with WWE to do that. And now if AEW can have, uh, their own tournament and maybe even expand it to maybe 16 entrants, uh, I, I think that'd be really, really awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of tournaments and I think every company should have a tournament at some point in, in the yes. year. Right. Um, yeah, I'd be all for that. Uh, yeah, this would be, this would be very interesting. And of course, uh, what better way to determine who the holder of a $40,000 plus ring is, uh, than a, a, a tournament with some of the world's finest. So yes, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, and they've I, already said it's going to be annual. So supposedly, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we hope, um, yeah, I, I really, really like that wish. Uh, so much here. I, I'm actually going to give you, uh, five black tip, uh, I'm sorry, black flip reef sharks rather Ooh, okay yes pretty yes. yes i like it well thank you for the fishies and uh what do you have for me for your first wish yes uh this here my, my wishes are actually um kind of synchronized here Ooh. okay do you want to uh, do them back to back uh no I'll, I'll 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 save it i'll save the anticipation okay sorry that's okay it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um so um <laughs> for my first wish here uh, I think it's kind of obvious uh, that Keith Lee will more than likely go to another brand here probably within the next year or so. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, or, or he could make a, a, a jump sooner as opposed to later. Who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Raw says that they have some kind of uh, you know further 
considerations here. I guess after a trade they made with SmackDown, who knows? They might pull a fast one and try and grab Keith Lee. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, but with that said, yes, uh, if Keith Lee were to go to Raw, we would. I would want ideally somebody to come in and take his place. Somebody ideally who could actually team with Matt Riddle and feud with Undisputed Era. And who better than that? Uh, you know, besides Keith Lee, but perhaps Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb to come into NXT uh, after his Ring of Honor deal is up, and he, uh, you know, basically reunites the, the Chosen Bros with Matt Riddle, and they go after uh, Undisputed Era and the NXT Tag Team Titles. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I re- I really like that. Um, when is his contract up? Just curious. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but supposedly Ring of Honor has a lot of contracts coming up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be really awesome. Him and Matt Riddle are fantastic, like, separately and together, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if they do end up uh, moving Keith Lee up there, I mean, Jeff Cobb would be a, a fantastic replacement for that, for sure. Um, so for that, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you four Harlequin Filefish, because they are Ooh. they're very large, like Jeff Cobb, and, and they're also very blue, like uh, Jeff Cobb's... Uh, attire so mm, i like okay it. cool man i like that wish i like that fish thank you yeah yeah of course <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna like your wish too steven you're not gonna like it um, oh <laughs> so <laughs> okay so i'm i'm still holding on to this john cena heel turn right yes um they, I, they teased it at wrestlemania 35 and then uh they just didn't do anything and uh i understand john cena has you know some stuff going on he's filming some movies and and whatnot. Yeah, he's a very busy man. He's a very busy man, yes. Um, but I, I still want this heel turn. So, uh, you brought up that the most likely person to take the title off of The Fiend is going to be Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 36 coming up, right? Uh, have the, this whole storyline of, you know, Roman overcoming his illness, uh, coming back and, and reclaiming his yard, everything like that, right? That That's at least what everything points to, I think. Yeah. No, and I think, honestly, I think you're right on the money there. Uh, I think that's that's the most logical way that this will play out. Um, this is a long wish, sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah, so with, with that being said, at WrestleMania 36, Roman Reigns uh, finally defeats The Fiend, okay? Goes on a huge tear. Huge tear. All year, actually. Maintains the Universal Championship all year. Finally comes out WrestleMania 37. Mm-hmm. Facing who the hell cares. Randy Orton, somebody. Okay. Uh, but then, right at the end of the match, Roman Reigns finally gets that 1-2-3 on, uh, on Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, whoever it is. And then you hear John Cena's music, but instead of the normal crazy, right? Yeah. It's actually like death metal. Okay. <laughs> so so it's actually death metal, and the the is just like really low chugging guitars, like right, like some heavily like detuned guitars yeah very heavily detuned heavy distortion the the guy comes in like right and, and it's just crazy john cena comes out 
So hold on, time out. Do you have like a particular recording artist in mind to do this recording of John Cena's music? Preferably Corn or Velamaya. Are we going to get some like vignettes of John Cena like, you know, like turning heel or how how are we how are we getting John Cena to to WrestleMania as a, as a heel? Oh, he just comes out, dude. Okay. He just comes out out of nowhere. Yeah. Right right at the end of Roman's match. Comes in, gives him the the FU. It's not the attitude adjustment anymore. It's the FU. (laughs) Oh. Um, So so John Cena comes out in all black. His his shirt says, uh, hustle, disloyalty, and dismemberment. Oh. And and it's written in blood. Oh. And and he comes out, gives Roman Reigns the FU. And just, uh, just don't do WrestleMania in Maryland that year then. Well, yeah, true. True, they don't they don't like the blood. No. Yeah. Go on. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's it. If Wishes Were Fishes, uh, crazy, brutal John Cena heel turn, WrestleMania 37. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's uh, it's a, it's a unique wish, Steven. Yes. A very unique wish. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> he, he wants it to happen. Yes. Um, so, you know, who am I to take that away from him? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, look, uh, people have been clamoring for the John Cena heel turn for... Uh, decades ages at yeah. this point. um so i mean yeah it would be it would be a unique way to do it um i i would like to have some vignettes or some kind of thing like leading up to like how does john seem to become heel why yeah. is he doing this and blah 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 blah. whatever well he's gonna but, take the title off of roman reigns so you got all oh, year to you got all year to uh, explain the, it is this the year like 2022 is that, is that, uh, that would be going down? Uh, 2022, yeah. yeah. 2021 or, or something like that? 2021? 21, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a long ways away. Um, Playing the long game here. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three glass eye fish because I, I, I imagine that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller fish uh, by, by no stretch of the imagination. Mm, mm. But, but I, I guess when I imagine John Cena's heel turn, instead of it being like all of like the big light show like they normally give him, maybe they have like the red lights you know kind of swirling or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, it signify that he's a heel. And I would imagine that that's, uh, that's kind of the case that I get here. It also looks almost like... Um, uh, almost like one of those emojis, like the like the the the, the, the siren signal, like the what is it, the oh, red yes. light emoji. Yes. It almost looks a little bit like that, a little bit with that little glare here in this picture. I like it. Um, so yeah, no, it's like a, like an emergency alarm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. You know, if if his uh, gimmick's a thug, I guess he could be a cop. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right, let's continue. Um, so um, as noted here in my previous wish. Uh, Keith Lee is headed to the main roster, uh, and Jeff Cobb is in NXT teaming with, with uh, Matt Riddle. Yes. Now, if we lived in a perfect world, yes. If, if we lived in a perfect world, yeah. Now, with all the hype that Keith Lee's getting, I would imagine that he would go into the Royal Rumble. He would pounce everybody out of the ring. Uh, it would be down to him and Braun Strowman. Oh shit! <laughs> he eliminates Braun Strowman. Dang. And he goes on to WrestleMania and defeats Brock Lesnar. Damn. Yeah, he wins the 
the universal title or if he, WWE. If, title. if he's gonna beat Brock Lesnar, I want that to play out exactly how the Brock Lesnar Kofi match played out. This would be more like the Incredible Hulk when he smashed Loki into the cement of Stark Towers. Yes, please. Yeah, this would be he'd be like power bombing Brock everywhere and throwing him through tables, and then Brock thinks he's he's got like good offense, and then he sees how fast Keith Lee is, and it, it just wouldn't be fair. I like it. Yeah, it's like the destruction of Brock Lesnar. Mm, mm. So, and Brock, I like that sentence: the yeah. destruction of Brock yeah, Lesnar. Brock, Brock puts him over heavily uh, on his way out and into retirement, back into the the dairy fields, of Wisconsin and Canada. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. No, yes. that's a great wish. It's a great wish. I'm going to bring back a classic, a classic fish for that amazing wish. Um, <laughs> five and a half. Elegant fire gobies. Oh wow! Yeah, bringing that one back around, yeah, bringing it back. Wow, that's a beautiful wish. You, you get you get Keith Lee as as WWE champion, which he rightfully deserves, and you get Brock Lesnar retiring, which he rightfully deserves. So <laughs> I like it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> uh, well, um, again, I'm you know I, I said this a little bit earlier, but further noted here, guys. Thank you again for stopping by here with Headlock Talk. Yes, thank you. It's a wonderful pleasure to have you guys tuning in once again. Uh, and uh, as, like I said, previously noted here, if you want to support Headlock Talk in any way, shape, or form, please uh, hit us up with your uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit us up with a review there, uh, as well as a rating. That's the best way to, for you to support us at this time. We're definitely thinking of uh, doing a Patreon thing. Uh, you know, we want we we would ideally like to get. Um, you know, uh, I guess a little bit deeper into the, the the whole researching of everything and finding out what we can do to 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 give you guys that would be more worthy of such a such an expense on your part, right? Because uh, we we want it to be well worthy of your time and money. Um, you know, so the best way to support Headlock Talk currently is uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, you know, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, you know, if you need Stephen or I to model in underwear or read your audio book uh, for, for Audible, uh, you can... Uh, you don't want me to model underwear. <laughs> you can hit us up uh, online at headlocktalk at gmail.com for business inquiries. I have been, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And, of course, across from me, uh, my right-hand man, the man with the plan, the one and the only, Mr. Stephen Crudy. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. And y'all have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks again for listening to Headlock Talk. Later, y'all. Bye-bye. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com.